Hi, my name is Bailey White. My dad is Garrett J. White, the Master Coach Mentor. 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 <laughs> You're listening to Warrior on Fire. On Fire. <laughs> Wake up, Warrior. Wake up, Warrior. Get ready. My dad is about to teach you men how to have it all, and the best part is he is going to show you how to be an awesome dad and husband. My dad is awesome. Can I get my $100 now? <laughs> Welcome back here to Warrior on Fire. This is your boy, Garrett J. White, the Master Coach Mentor, and welcome here to the third episode as we roll forward here with Warrior on Fire, building some heat. My friends, I want to thank you first as we get started into this episode with all of your reviews and your likes and your shares and the highly crazy number of downloads that we're getting here from the Warrior on Fire podcast. We knew that it was going to be exciting. We had no idea within the first three days of releasing this show that we would skyrocket up to top five in the category of religion, specifically in Christianity. Excited to be right up there with Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer and all the rest of them who are teaching and preaching and sharing the word the way they see it. Here at Warrior on Fire, we're going to do things a little bit different. And before I give you a little framework, if this is your very first time coming to the show, I want you to hear a few of the reviews that we had come in, but one in particular that really touched my heart. This came in from a young man who uh, has listened to the first two shows here on Warrior on Fire, a high school boy by the name of Elvis Artigas. And Elvis says, hello, Mr. Hi, my name is Elvis Artigas, and I'm part of Miss Hillary's Kids. I listen to your podcast. I love the second episode, and especially its title, There is a Beam in Your Eye, You Hypocrite. I really appreciate how raw you were, and although you were pious, you were still not afraid to express yourself in any way you choose. I've been conflicted with trying to show my perfect side and making everyone happy and proud around me. When you touch basis on how we need to embrace both the dark and the light, it gave me relief knowing that it's okay if I'm not perfect. I was also moved when you began talking about your personal experience with your partner and how you were always lying to her. It takes courage to admit something like that. Not only did it move me, but it taught me to start being honest with my mother, although she might not like all of my truths. I rate your podcast a four out of four, a five out of five, or a 10 out of 10. Thank you for your motivation, advice, and honesty. So Elvis, a huge shout out to you, number one, for uh, just being willing to take the time to give some feedback. You know, in a world that we sit in day to day, we get to hear so much from the criticism of those around us. We're going to get to hear some from some critiques here in just a second from the show. We're going to have a little talk and a little chat about them, and I'm okay with it. I, I want the feedback. I want the feedback both directions, both the stuff that you think we love and that you love, and at the same time, the stuff that maybe you don't love. And uh, it doesn't mean that I'm going to change anything I'm doing whatsoever, because at the core, I feel called every single week to invest several hours of my time and several hours of my team's time to leave the business world in which I operate in as a marketing business and sales trainer and consultant and a specific unique event called Warrior Week, during which we lead and guide men from all over the world to the art and science of having it all, ultimately taking them from great men and turning them into superhuman beings. Well, we take our time off to release this podcast. We don't get paid for it. We do it. We pay to do it. We invest hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to put on shows every single week for you here and in prepping this podcast. And so, you know what? I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get we're putting some out in the public domain. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. So let's jump into the opposite experience of what Elvis thought about the show. And this came in from one of our actual iTunes reviews by Doug SeaTac88. Came in here on February 15, 2015. Said, I really wanted to give this show a chance. I'm not your typical Christian and love the idea of, quote, breaking the mold, close quote. 
when it works to serve the greater purpose of bringing the folks on Christ. Now, here's where we begin the onslaught. This podcast borders on cult-like. Okay, so let's pause there for a second. Cult-like, right? So first off, we've got to define what a cult is, right? Well, damn near everything's a cult. I believe to belong to a CrossFit cult. I belong to a marketer's group of people who are cult members. We belong to cults all over the place. What is a cult? A cult is a unique organization of individuals unified behind a singular purpose to bring forward to the world. Now, some people might say that a cult means that we rest upon the worship of a single individual, for those who are new to the warrior movement have not particularly checked us out at wakeupwarrior.com are unfamiliar with what we do and for how long we've been doing it. And maybe you're new to experience us here on the podcast scene here in the Christian section of religion, but I can promise you this message itself is not a Garrett message. This message itself is represented by hundreds and thousands of men around the world unified in a cause and a message of living by a code taking a stand for the core, which we're going to talk about today, and ultimately creating with the keys, ultimately to live the life that God has blessed us to have, to have it all. Now, he's got some valid points that I'm going to bring up here as we continue through this feedback and the critique. This one is simply the following. This show is simply irresponsible, and not because of the foul language which comes across as just being angry and condescending, but because it makes you sound like you just follow this man's teaching, you'll have it all in life. Okay, obviously... This guy has never followed much beyond what we're doing here in this particular episode. If he followed whatsoever, and my brother, if you're listening to this show, I'd encourage you to go to wakeupwarrior.com. Go to warriordailyfuel.com. Go to garrettjwhite.com. Go look us up on YouTube. Go look us up all over. My friend, not once, not once have I ever implied that every human being on the planet can have it all. The truth is most people can't have it all. The truth is this message that I'm sharing is not for everyone. It is deliberately meant to piss most people off. It is deliberately meant to take most of mainstream Christianity and tell them to go back to the church houses that they go to and to continue to worship the way they worship and to run far away from this message. Because Warrior on Fire came through me as a calling. See, these callings that you and I have day to day, these callings that we experience, my brothers, as you're listening to this, inside many of your souls, inside many of your lives, those that resonate with the message and the fire and the way that we speak about it here at Warrior on Fire and the Wake Up Warrior movement around the world, understand that to be called by something, to feel the voice within you call you is different than simply just standing up saying, hey, you know what, I'd like to be a cult leader. See, callings, callings are giving to all of us. I want to reference this specifically. Let's head into the Bible here and pull out a couple different ideas on this. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 14. So Jesus is having some conversations like he always does with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, a.k.a. the critics, a.k.a. those who ripped them apart if he had an iTunes podcast show and said, hey, just so you know, Jesus, you've been doing this thing all wrong. According to the law of Moses, this is the way it goes down. And all of this love that you're bringing into the conversation, all of this unconditional love, all of this Christ-like conversation, you know what? There's no room in the law for this love that you speak of. See, he would have, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine the podcast reviews that Jesus would have gotten if he had a chance to do a podcast? Makes me wonder when he said the words simply to his disciples and his apostles, which are this. Yes, you look at the things that I'm doing. But greater things than these shalt thou do. Greater things than these that you see me do. These miracles, these teachings, these 
witnessings, these ministries that we build, greater things shalt thou do than these. Well, my goodness, assume for a second that Jesus had a perspective on eternity. Assume for a second that Jesus could see some things at that time that the people at the time couldn't see and that he could see some things that you and I don't see today. And one of the things I want you to consider is that he looked forward to a time when you could take a microphone, you could create a podcast like Warrior on Fire. You didn't have to ask for anybody's permission. You didn't, yes, I'm in clergy. Yes, I've got a official card. I can marry some people and I can do the whole nine yards. I got it. Legally, I'm in the game. But I can tell you right now, I didn't go to no Bible school. I didn't go to any studying ceremony or a place that gave me a certificate that said, hey, Garrett, you know what? You've got permission to share the message within you. See, and this is the problem with most people that I see day to day. Because of fear of criticism, like the criticism I'm getting from Doug SeaTac88, because of the fear of men, and I'm not even saying that Doug's off. I'm just saying that Doug and I are not on the same page, and that's okay. I don't need Doug to be on my page. Doug, if you're listening to this, buddy, I don't need you to be on my page. I don't need your permission. Truth is, I actually, I validate the hell out of you, brother, for having the courage, number one, to post it, number two, to be willing to take the time, to take the time. Yeah, you probably whipped it out in three or four minutes, a little type up, but you know what? I appreciate that you did it. Why? Because most people are voyeurists. This is one of the greatest problems that we're facing today is that great men are taking the sideline of mediocrity. Why? Because it's easier. It's easier to not have a goddamn opinion about things. It's easier to not share your voice. It's easier to sit on the sideline and wait for somebody else to lead. It's easier to wait for someone to give you some certificate that says, you know what? You now officially have permission. You have permission to lead. You have permission to speak. You have permission to share a message that could affect Elvis, the young high schooler. Or the other hundreds of emails that we've gotten since the launch of Warrior on Fire whose lives are beginning to change. People who, who wouldn't give God two seconds of thought. Who had rejected religion and told everybody inside of it to fuck off a long time ago and say, you know what, I don't need any of this hypocritical nonsense. No way I'm out. These are the people who are reaching out to me and they're saying, Garrett, thank you. Thank you. I didn't think it was possible that ever in my 35 to 45 years of age that I would ever go back to even considering the conversation to God in my life again. I'd become so tired of the plastic facade of the game the way that I had experienced it as a kid and also growing up as an adult. I was tired, Garrett, of the bullshit. Thank you. Thank you for speaking into a way that could possibly open it up. I've listened to your podcast four or five times now. See, in the book of Matthew, there's one sentence as Jesus is sitting there and he's having these conversations. He gives a parable, parable of this, this marriage and this wedding that was going on. And I'm not going to spend much time on that verses 1 through 13, but I am, again, always going to be referencing the King James Version. If you don't like the King James Version, go find the version that works for you. But here we go, off we go in verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. And I love the next sentence. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. See, critics, critics aren't new to the game, my friend. Critics have existed from the beginning of time. Anytime that there's a message that shows up that is counterintuitive to the way that the status quo and the way you know it shows up, there's always going to be resistance to this. And I'm going to have you consider that I need the Doug SeaTac 88s. You and I, we need that resistance because without somebody having the courage to give us an opposite perspective, 
We don't create polarity, and that polarity itself doesn't allow for us to actually hear a message that we've been called to hear. See, the verse is very simple. For many are called, but few are chosen. What does this mean? What does this mean? I'm going to have you consider it to mean this. It doesn't mean this is what it means. I'm going to have you consider that it could mean this, that it means that all of us have been called. Yes, brother, you have been called and I have been called. Every single one of you in the reach of my voice on this podcast around the world, that by the time we roll this one out and we continue to push forward, we'll likely push to the number one spot in all of the religious category as we talk about truths, not new truths, but beginning to have new conversations, relevant, real, raw, and relevant, just like we talked about in episode two, that are relevant to whose life? To your life when? Now. Relevant to your life now. Helping you understand things in a language that's not so stuffy, that's not so uptight, that's not so perfect. That's a language that actually people understand, they resonate with, that punches through the bullshit of the monotony of the patterns, the orthodoxy that is dripped from the heavens, constantly sitting from the rooftops of church houses and synagogues around the world, stuck in their routines. And I'd have you consider no different than the Pharisees and the Sadducees who got together and took counsel that they might entangle Jesus with his talk. So brother, you've been called, I've been called. But see, what's the difference between you and I? What's the difference between you and I? Okay? What's the difference between you and the guy next to you? What's the difference between you and the guy across the street? What's the difference between you and the guy in another country? I'll tell you what the difference is between you and I. Is that I choose my calling. I choose my calling. See, one of the greatest gifts that you and I have been given beyond the conversation of salvation, and some Christians are going to be like, oh, you can't have a conversation beyond salvation. That's all there is, my friend. All there is is salvation. And yet, like I said in episode two, there are plenty of people I have met, plenty of individuals around the world, and myself included, who once upon receiving Jesus in their heart became saved, continue to operate as slaves. Nothing changed for them. Yeah, there was a few moments of greatness. Yeah, they felt better maybe at church. Yeah, maybe they even got baptized. But the problem beyond that was is that the skill sets and mindsets of that individual did not empower them to liberate their lives. It didn't expand who they were through the utilization of their agency. It didn't have them empowered enough to choose the calling that they had been given. So what is a calling? A calling itself, very simply for me, is this. A calling in your and I's life is to share with the world, to share with the world the solutions that we've found to life, the problems that we face in the past, and the solutions that we've found to those, and we share them just like this podcast. I'm not being paid to do this podcast. I share this podcast as I want to. I share this podcast because I've been called to. I don't share because somebody qualified me, because somebody gave me permission one day, because one day I woke up and all of a sudden I felt this holy archangel experience around me. No, no, no. I felt the voice inside of me that simply said, do this thing. See, knowing that there was a calling, I was going to choose that calling. And how do I choose that calling? We don't choose our callings, brothers, by simply saying, hey, you know what? I choose my calling. We choose our calling based upon our actions. We choose our calling based upon what we do, not what we say we're going to do, not what we think about. And we definitely don't choose our calling simply by being able to quote better scripture than the guy next to me. 
Like, this makes me want to vomit on myself. I hate it. It drives me insane. People won't give me relevant, real information today. The minute that something goes wrong in their life, they want to quote me 75 scriptures. I'm like, listen, I can appreciate. I truly can appreciate that you're sharing with me what has been insightful for you in the past. But please, could you give me some relevant, recent conversation on this? Can you help me feel it in a different way? Can you help me see it in a different way? And if you can't, Man, it's okay. I'm not going to get angry at you because you keep quoting all these scriptures at me. But what I am going to get fired up about is the simple fact that I continue to sit and listen to you. See, people are facing real problems. Individuals are facing real issues. Individuals are facing real shit. And the old conversation is not working. Just like the old conversation for the people with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, hell-bent on the law of Moses. It wasn't working for them either. There had to be a few people who were courageous enough to feel a calling inside and to stand up and to choose to start speaking it. Then I get already. There's going to be those that are like, oh, well, I'm going to quote some more scripture at you. In those days, there would be those who would speak the name of Jesus, and yet their hearts would be far from them. They would praise Jesus from the rooftops. But Jesus would say, I didn't know them. Hey, I get it. You know, David Seatak continues on in this, and and he drives home a point that I want. I'm glad he did. And he says, as someone who has gone overseas on mission trips, God bless you, brother, for having done it. All over the world, this teaching only fits in first world middle income males. And I simply do not see where that fits with the Great Commission. First off, you have to understand, brother, that the Great Commission is not an umbrella conversation. Right? I am not called to serve the world. I have been called to serve a specific niche within the world. The moment that a preacher, the moment that someone who has been called begins to attempt to take that calling and blanket statement the marketplace, blanket statement, they become no more effective in doing that than a businessman does in his marketing. No different inefficiencies within business operation does it go about when running a ministry, which is, hey, you know what? The message I'm going to share is for everybody. The minute you try to make a message for everybody, it becomes for nobody. Because it lacks the contextualization. It lacks the customization to speak directly to people who need to hear it. Man, I can't speak to what's going on in third world, third world countries. I don't live in a third world country. I'm not a third world country man. I wasn't born in a third world country experience. So good on you. If your calling is to take a message in a form to a third world nation and to share it with those people, then you better get on it, David C. Tac 88. And spend less time worrying about whether I'm living my calling and live your calling. One of the most frustrating things in the world for me was assuming that my message needed to match with everybody. It was the most frustrating space of time. I spent a couple of years here frustrated every single day trying to figure out how can I share this message in a way that everyone will receive value from it. And all I ended up with was a watered-down bowl of clam chowder that nobody wanted to consume up. And the worst part inside, I wasn't living my calling. I was dying. Now he continues on here, never mind the countless godly men I've met in third world countries who have none of these things that this man speaks of and are more wealthy than he will ever be. Oh, wow, bro, really? And how do you go about measuring this wealth that you speak of? My message, notice what's happening here. I, I didn't attack any individual at all. I simply took a stand for the people I've been called to work with. The message from Warrior on Fire is to a specific kind of man, is to a male entrepreneur and brother. They're not typically middle class. They're actually upper class. 
But the message itself will connect with most men who are in the entrepreneurial field, sales and marketing and business. This isn't some run-of-the-mill, lukewarm, clam chowder Sunday sermon that's supposed to make everybody in the congregation feel good. I'm not that guy. I'm not a preacher. I'm a businessman who felt called to share this podcast, not because I have to, but because I want to, because I feel called to, because I choose that calling. The men that I'm speaking to send me questions like the following. Garrett, serious question when listening to your podcast. When is it time to change? Is there ever a time to listen to the voices of those who have publicly scorned you for being who you are and work to become different, or should you always remain who you are? This is the biggest struggle I've faced for years. Publicly, I've been called an asshole, publicly crushed on complaint sides, told, I'm a, told to my face I'm a crook, persecuted for running my business the way I do and admitting to being hard to work for because I refuse to lower my expectations. And in the end, I read all those things, Garrett, and I think maybe they're right. I am those things. I don't like how that feels being called that. I know that at some of these, I know and knowing I am some of those things. But on the flip side, my mind says, fuck them. Those people would never have the courage to walk the path I've walked. They would never have the courage to stand where I've stood. They revert to being pussies who won't have even stand toe-to-toe with me. So I ask you this, brothers. Brother, where is the balance between being the asshole that people will write hateful things about and being the man that is loved well and was adored by many? I don't want to leave a legacy for my kids and family by being a man that was hated by many and loved by a few. Simply, where is the balance? I would love your insight. See, David Tack 88 would have me spend a message that was meant to blanket the entire world. That was not the message, and that is not the message I will ever share. See, my message reaches out to this entrepreneur, this entrepreneur, David Tack 88 that you may never understand, this entrepreneur who runs a multiple million dollar a year business that provides income and support for countless 45 plus families whose lives every single day are financially funded by him putting his ass on the line. So yeah, my message might not be to third world America. And you know what? That's okay. Because it sounds like you've got that part packaged up in your missions, brother. And God bless you and keep running with it. But as far as me and my house and where I stand, I'm going to continue to serve the men who send me these kinds of questions. Why? Because that is my calling. And for me to reject my calling simply to support your vision of my calling is for me to reject my calling and to no longer choose it. And I'm going to have you consider as you listen to this that every single one of you are faced with the same obstacles. You're faced with the same dilemmas, the same situations of, do I have the courage? Do I have the courage to follow what I've been called to do? Do I have the courage to say what I need to say? Do I have the courage to ask what I need to ask? When it comes back to our subscriber here on this show who sent me this question and a few other details that I'm leaving out because he asked me to, the thing I'll tell you this is this, brother, be who you're going to be. People are going to praise you. They're going to they're persecute you. People are going to give experiences to you. They're going to feel painful, and they're going to give experiences to you that feel pleasurable. But in the end, the one thing I can tell you is this, is no leader, no man, and no woman, for that matter, who has ever led of any significance was truly respected while alive. That man itself may make an impact, but with that impact comes the opposition. To be president of the United States requires ultimately that half this country hates you in the United States. The minute you're in office, half of the country wants you to die. They want you to fail. I mean, imagine the pressure in this. 
vast majority of the people were not fans of Jesus. There were a lot of people who stood on the sideline as voyeurs. Christianity was not a popular conversation. Christianity was not like it is today. It was a conversation that was new. Jesus as a message was new. People were not used to hearing it. Yes, he had followers, but there were far greater numbers who, number one, had no idea who he was. And on top of that, those who persecuted the ground he walked on. How do we know this? They killed him. They crucified him on a tree. Because of what? Because of a message that he felt called to share, and thank God he did. And so, brother, there's going to be people that call you crooks. They call Jesus a crook. There's going to be people who complain about you. There's going to be people who tell all kinds of things that are true and untrue about you in the world. But the one thing I can tell you is grounding in yourself and knowing your truth is the only way to be free. The only way to be free. Now, David sees that continues. And again, I appreciate him saying this in because without it, we would have, well, the conversation would be a little bit different today. So I thank you for sending it. He continues all. To all the vulnerable men who are looking for a place called home, this is, not, uh, this is not it. Find a good men's group in your local church who will support you. You don't need to cuss, follow a science, and be a king to be fulfilled. Never mind that this theology is literally found nowhere in the Bible, but I digress. Stay away and literally run the other direction. This ministry is irresponsible and won't last more than a handful of years before it fades like all ministries, like this fade in time when this teaching doesn't pan out. And after being in the ministry 22 years, trust me when I say it, it won't. David, 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 you cute man. I appreciate your feedback. I do. I don't agree with it. Don't support it. And the fun thing is, is unlike a ministry, the way you like to call it, I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman first. This ministry is my second game. This game itself is part of what I've been called to do. See, and unlike where you may have come from in your 22 years of experience, my friend, I have fruit with this. We have men, thousands of men around the world living this code, living this game. And although that may piss you off, and although many around us may not enjoy the idea that the men who live by the simple game called the code, the core, and the keys are actually experiencing high levels of power and abundance as God commanded all of us to have. We do not come from some scarce God. I do not subscribe to the hell and fire and brimstone conversation of somehow I am some worthless, horrible sinner meant to be simply nothing more than the shit upon the shoe of the people who walk around me. I'm a God in that game. God called me to be nothing different than who he is. He called me to rise up to be the highest form of capacity to who I can be. And simply because most people within the Christian culture would have you believe that the game itself is simply a game of working out the simple answers that is just as easy as saying, I accept Jesus in my soul and now everything else in my life will work out. Well, help me understand how there's any practicality to most of what David Seacat said. David, it's easy for you to provide the idea of going to a Bible study group. And what am I going to do there, brother? I'm going to share some scriptures. I'm going to have a conversation. And then what? And then what? There's a lot of powerful men's group. And I encourage if you were listening to this to find yourself a good men's group, regardless of whether that's in a church or outside of a church. But the one thing I can tell you is this. If you do not choose your calling, brothers, it will not matter. It will not matter. And I'm going to have you consider that there's a calling burning inside of you. A warrior who's ready to be on fire inside of you. For the business owners who are listening to this podcast, who've seen our TV shows, 
or video series or movies or documentaries, maybe even attended our Warrior Week experience in Laguna Beach, California, the one thing I can tell you is this. Brother, you don't have to trust me. You don't have to trust my voice. Because there's one simple phrase in scripture, and I love it. Ready? And we don't have to trust David C. Tack, 88. By their fruit, ye shall know them. By their fruit, ye shall know them. This is a podcast. podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warrior on Fire. On fire. <laughs> Share this with other men you feel need to, need hear. to hear. Don't forget to give us a review in, in iTunes, iTunes and subscribe. So, is there a website? Wake up, Warrior. Wake up, Warrior. For more information and other amazing content for warrior men just like you, head on over to GarrettJWhite.com now. Yeah.